and welcome once again to the Ripples in Space podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Davis. And this is Kate Reagan. Last week, we started up Season 2 of Unending Tales from the Void, and this week we will be continuing our weekly podcast with submissions from around the world. Uh, we have a story called Candlelight by D. Scott. Uh, it's actually called By Candlelight, not Candlelight. My apologies. Thank you very much, Kate, for pointing that out. <laughs> Um, as per normal, Kate will read the story, I'll do the intro, and then uh, there will be some discussion afterwards. Thank you. D. Scott is a graduate of The Ohio State University and a former newspaper reporter, having worked on daily and weekly newspapers in three states. When not engaged by his family or business activities, D. Scott is most likely bringing life to fiction of varying lengths and genres. D. Scott has been previously published on the Toledo Writers Workshop website and in Nebula Rift, Cemetery Moon, and The Right Place at the Right Time. By Candlelight by D. Scott Helen felt marginally better after showering. However, almost as soon as she stepped out from under the water, her fever returned. I should be in bed... She groaned and slumped backwards against the wall, fighting to keep her eyes from rolling backwards as the bathroom undulated around her. But at least she felt clean. Helen, are you finished in there yet? Yes, mother, Helen answered, picturing her mother standing on the other side of the bathroom door, anxiously wringing her hands. There would be no chance of retreating to her bed now. I'm coming, mother. She took her time dressing, then struggled to walk to the family room, because with every step the hallway threatened to spin out of control. Mother, I really should be in bed. Helen rested her head against the back of the couch and watched the ceiling spin. She had only walked from the bathroom, but she felt as if she had been running up steep stairs. Helen, honey. Her mother held up Helen's raincoat. On any other day, I would be happy for you to stay in bed, but not today. Today is different. I know, Mother. Today is Tuesday. She held out her hand so her mother could help pull her to her feet. It was on a Tuesday, almost five years ago, that her brothers Paul, David, and Earl left to fight in the war. Every Tuesday since they had left, Helen went to St. Peter's Church and lit prayer candles. If she did not go, she knew her brothers would die. Helen knew this was more than a woman's intuition, more than mere superstition, because Helen's family was descended through grace. Helen knew the family could trace its lineage to the time of the Apostle Peter. It was through his intercession that Helen's ultimate great-grandmother, Tabitha, survived death. And from the time of Tabitha's resurrection... When wars threatened their families, Helen's matriarchal ancestors made the weekly prayer pilgrimage to the nearest church of St. Peter to protect their loved ones. The consequences of missing even one week were too terrible to consider. Helen had only to look at her mother to understand. During the Vietnam conflict, Helen's mother made the same weekly visit to St. Peter's, missing only one week. She never remarried choosing instead to raise Helen and her brothers by herself. I need my boys. I miss my boys. My Polly, my Earl, my David. Helen barely heard her mother, 
focusing instead on trying to stuff her arms into the raincoat. They're men now, Mother. Helen looked out the window and saw that it was starting to rain again. Oh, great, just great. She leaned forward until her forehead rested against the window. It felt cold against her feverish skin. I miss them too, Mother. I know you're not fit to go out, baby. Helen felt her mother's arm stroking her hair. But you can't stay home today. You know why. The war was almost over, Helen said, wishing her brothers were already home, wishing she could go back to bed. I am so sorry, baby. Helen felt her mother's hands pulling on her arms. She did not resist as she was slowly pushed out the front door. But the war is not over yet, and the soldiers are still dying. My boys are still fighting. Please, baby, bring my Polly, my Earl, and my David home safe. Yes, mother, Helen mumbled as she stepped into the drizzle. The cold, mist-like drops quickly chilled Helen, and the thin film of icy water pooling off the oversaturated yards across the sidewalks quickly numbed her feet. She looked at her watch. The church was only ten minutes away, and the next mass would not start for another forty-five minutes. <sighs> Relax. You still have time. There is no need to rush. St. Peter's was comfortably dark inside. There were seventy-five prayer candles in the stand for daily prayers. Helen counted them every Tuesday. She would light three. Some of the candles were already lit, and they hissed and popped, quietly greeting Helen as she approached and knelt in front of them, assuring her that all would be well. She smiled and counted the flames. Forty-three prayers had been prayed. Forty-three dreams, hopes, and wishes danced in the flames above the candles. Idly, Helen wondered how many had been granted. <sighs> Focus, Helen. Focus now. Helen repeated this litany and sucked in deep breaths of air. She braced the palms of her hands on the floor besides her knees because the marble floor kept trying to slip out from under her legs. Focus. 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 Only when she could close her eyes and not feel gravity grasping around her head and shoulders did Helen reach up to the candle stand and pull out three matches. She did not cross herself. She did not make a sound. She merely scratched the tip of the first match across the floor until it hissed into flame. Reaching forward to light one of the candles, she let her thoughts reach out to Paul. He was the eldest brother. Helen remembered Paul as being too old for his age. Grandpa Paul, she had teased him. She thought of his long, sad face as she absently flicked her wrist to kill the flame on the tip of the match and then cupped the charred remains to her bosom. Let me see. Let me hear. Let me protect. Helen closed her eyes as waves of energy rushed through her head. She could no longer feel the cold, tiled floor of the chapel. Let me see. Let me protect. The knowledge rushed from the shadows, and Helen's head snapped up, her eyes opened wide. She did not hear the whine of bullets as they whipped past Paul, ricocheting off rocks and slapping into the sand around him. 
nor did she feel the gentle tugs and dull thumps as the bullets tore through his clothes and drilled into his combat helmet. But she knew. Before Paul realized he was untouched, uninjured, Helen knew. Her breath was ragged when she regained her senses. Sweat ran down her face and dripped from her chin onto her lap. Her limbs trembled. Paul was safe. For one more week, he was safe. She slouched backwards until she was almost sitting instead of kneeling. Already she had heard the quiet footsteps of the altar boys and the choir as they prepared for the upcoming Mass. Briefly she considered praying for both Earl and David with the second candle. No, not both. Helen leaned forward and struck the match against the floor. Her hand trembled as she reached to light the candle. She tried to picture David's red hair and blue eyes. The wick barely sputtered before waves of dizzying energy rocketed through her mind. Once more, Helen's head snapped backwards in a sightless stare, and she knew at that moment David had almost died. His helicopter clawed at the air, trying to stay aloft as fire and smoke spewed from its interior. Shoulder-launched missiles had carved gaping holes in his helicopter's frame. Helen did not know David was still ten minutes from the airfield. But she could feel David's struggle, feel David losing the fight against his body's demands for rest, for sleep. She did not hear the voice in David's radio gradually slip away until it was just an annoying buzz in his ears. But she knew. She knew that moment she lit the candle. David awoke. She knew David received another week's grace. Earl! Earl was the youngest, the most demanding. He hated waiting. If it could be done now, he would do it. No, Helen whispered to the prayer candles in front of her as their flames waltzed with the chapel's walls. She fought against the cloying blackness that rippled across her vision. Please, Helen pleaded as the walls of the church started spinning, first near, then far, suddenly twirling all about her then at the spot just outside of her vision. Her fingers scrambled desperately around her knees, searching for the last match as the chapel floor slipped from under her legs. Please, Earl, no, Helen cried, the sound of her voice reduced to a whisper of despair as the black veil swarmed over her senses, smothering her sight. Earl was returning from a short leave of absence, and rather than wait for official transport, he had volunteered to drive a munitions truck back to the front lines. He did not know Helen went to St. Peter's every Tuesday to pray for him. He could not know she collapsed before lighting his candle. Earl did not see the flash of the IED as his truck passed over it. He did not hear the explosion that tore the truck in half and threw pieces twenty feet in the air. He did not feel the heat or the shrapnel that flew around him. Oh, my child, my darling boy. I'm so sorry. Helen's mother did not open the letter when it was delivered. She already knew its contents. Reaching into her pocket, she pulled out a single, unused match and gently worked it under the envelope's flap. When she was sure the match would stay, she placed the envelope on the mantel next to a framed picture portrait of Helen and a single, unlit candle.
and that was by Candlelight. Uh, it's just Kate here. Unfortunately, John had a skedaddle before we could finish up this little podcast episode today. Um, but I do want to say thank you to D. Scott for this kind of chilling and uh, new tale that we have, this story. Uh, what I found very intriguing about this is that I think it rings very true to people, regardless if you have beliefs in a deity or a god or a, a saint of any kind or not. You know, everybody has kind of their own ritual or way that they cope with uh, a, a specific situation, whether in, like Helen's case here, having family members off at war, or if you're just you know, nervous about something in life, like maybe you're going to get a promotion at work, or maybe not, or, you know, if you know somebody who might be in the hospital, we all have our different rituals and ways of processing and either praying for or hoping for a best outcome for somebody or something. I just found that to be very truthful and, and ring very true to what it really is like to be a human. The chilling aspect of this story is it's crazy that Helen can actually see what is happening in that moment to her, her brothers. And I mean, that in a way, I mean, knowing that they are now safe, yes, that can be relieving, but just how horrible that is. I mean, if you talk to any people who come home from war, any veterans or people who are currently serving, they all, they know how horrible it can be. And so to, to just even get a glimpse of that is terrifying, but still the relief of knowing that at least the first two brothers are safe. And it's just so sad that she wasn't able to say her last prayer and that her poor brother Earl is no longer alive and that Helen's not alive. It, it, it was just so sad, so chilling and just, ooh, very, very sad. But on a happier note, uh, if you enjoy writing, we enjoy reading, so please check out our submission page. Uh, we have a couple of submission periods open. We currently have the summer 2020 open uh, up until the end of this month of July. We are accepting longer form short stories of either uh, science fiction or fantasy. Uh, we'd love to read what you guys are writing and creating. We also have our uh, podcast, which is always ongoing. We're always looking for new stories to feature here on this podcast that you are listening to right now. So if you uh, enjoyed this and you want to try your hand at it, send it to us. We would love to read it. And as always, uh, you can follow us on social media. We always say that we're going to get a little bit better at it, and we really do try. So uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. And you can always see our website and read the stories that we have submitted in the last year and a half or so. We've got some really great ones that are out there. So if you find that you're bored with your summer reading list, check out those stories on our website at ripplesinspace.com. So that's all we have for today. And since John isn't here, I guess I will go ahead and sign us off. But thank you for listening. And we hope that you will be joining us next time for another very fun Ripples in Space episode. From John and myself, dear listeners, cheers from the void, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.